0: today we are going to um, carry on our sermon series called Summer A Elam. And some of you already knew that uh, before I became a, a full time pastor in this church, and I was a building contractor. I've been working in the construction industry, building industry, for 15 years before 2019. And when I was a construction site manager in a building company, That was a long time ago, and I was in my late 20s. I was a single man, and I worked eight hours a day, six days a week. So I thought to myself, hey, I need life. Okay, so I cannot work like this for the rest of my life. One day, I'm going to start my own business. You know, when I have my own business, I will have more freedom and time for myself. So in 2009, finally I started my own business as a building contractor and I found myself working 8 hours a day and 6 days a week. The difference was I got extra work to do after my working hours. So it's more work than I expected. But in my, uh, I run my business from 2009 to 2000, end of 2018 for 10 years. The first three years of my business, I was not Christian. So I didn't know God. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know the values of Christianity, the biblical values and principle. But in 2011, I was invited to this church and then I became a Christian and that was when I began to notice wow the significant impact of my faith on my business and lifestyle even though I was doing the same job with the same people but the outcomes were different when facing the same situations in moments when I used to complain or frustrated but now I had peace and courage to face it. So, in the later years of my um, business, you know, I even felt excited when the problem emerged because I knew it would be another powerful testimony for God's grace in my life. It would be another wonderful opportunity for my faith to grow because I knew God already provided a solution before a problem came up and the new year's as the new year begins I believe this year will be filled with opportunities for every one of us well maybe some of you still got some unsolved problems in the past but don't worry maybe new opportunities will bring new challenges but today we will be talking about finding solutions finding solutions in this sermon is for those who don't know where to find help who don't know where to find the right solutions for the challenges they are facing here's the thing in face of challenges some people run away some complain but you know what we are built to solve the problems we are built to overcome the problems. That's our calling. I truly believe every Christian is created for God to solve the problems of this world for his glory. Regardless what we are facing, remember this, God had already provided the solutions for us, waiting for us to reach out for any problems we face. Now we are going to share a story um, of the Israelites after they are escaping from the Egypt. This incident took place in 3,300 years ago. So after the Exodus uh, crossing, the, crossing the Red Sea, they became the free people for the first time after 400 years of slavery in Egypt. So here is the first challenge they faced as the free people in the desert. They are going to learn how to be responsible for their circumstance. They are going to learn how to find solutions by themselves. So from the different ways the Israelites and their leader Moses responded to the same situation, we are going to learn valuable lessons about turning an unpleasant situation around by finding the solutions from God. Now, let's get into the story. Let's go to Exodus 15, verse 22 to 24. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mala, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. By the way, the Hebrew word "mada" means bitter. So this is a place called bitter. The water is bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? So after three days in desert, the water they found was bitter. Well, it feels like the raised seed was still following them. The water still tastes like seawater. So as all the people were, were grumbling, complaining about the situation, you see Moses responded differently. Exodus fifteen twenty five. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Hey, Moses was thirsty too, right? He had no water for three days, so, but on top of that, he had to deal with all the criticism, complaints from hundreds of thousands of people. It must be a very unpleasant position to be. But Moses didn't lower himself to the level of grumblers. Instead, he looked up. He looked up and asked, help, asked for help from God. And God gave him the solution. What's the solution? The solution was a piece of wood. Hey, it didn't make sense. How could a piece of wood solve the problem? So some scholars and historians have tried to figure out what type of the wood it was. Okay, could it be any kind of a tree or plant in the local area? Had this kind of a function? Can change the flavor of the water? But let me share you my, with my opinion. I believe that the point, the point is this: it's not about what Moses threw into the water, but about how he threw it. He threw it into the water by faith. He threw it into the water with faith. He believed that was the solution God provided. He believed in God. He believed in the word of God. So the game changer here is his faith. It's not just the type of the wood. So my first lesson, the first lesson we can learn from here is don't sink into feelings. Turn the bitter into sweet through faith. If we sink into feelings, we will become one of the scramblers. We will lose focus, we will be worried, panic, we will lose the wisdom to find the solution. But through faith, through faith, we're gonna receive the solution God has provided and change the whole situation. During my time as a building contractor, one of the challenges I had to deal with is to um, building the relationship with neighbors next door while we are building a house. It's very tough. And I remember in 2016, 2017, um, I was um, working on a project in a very nice suburb of Auckland. And the owner was a cafe owner. He and his family owned a cafe in the city center. So that was the first time they designed and built a house for themselves. So they were so excited, so happy. However, the next door neighbors, they were not feeling the same way. And from the very beginning, they just started to complain and complain and complain. And there is a couple, okay, um, a couple with a daughter in her 20s. Their daughter was totally fine with us. But the parents, they were just non-stop complaining all the time. Hey, I totally understand. I totally understand. It is annoying to live next door to a a construction site, right? So we always uh, do our best to maintain the good relationships with our neighbors. But here's the thing. We are not in the library, right? You cannot expect us to do everything in silence, but the complaints they, they, uh, they brought up and the way they talked to us, wow, they really make the whole construction site a very unpleasant place for me to work in. But when I looked at them, they were wealthy people. They were doing very well in life. So I could understand where is this kind of bitterness came from in their life. And their attitude impact my client, the cafe owner, hugely. They once told me that, Shane, you know what, when we first bought the section, I mean, we were so happy. We thought we ordered a cup of hot chocolate, but it turned out to be a lukewarm, long black. So, so, so the neighbor's attitude, the neighbor's bitterness, turned such a sweet thing, sweet experience, into bitterness so I encouraged my client I say to them hey I'm a Christian I believe in prayer just let me pray for you let me pray for you and I believe my God will provide a solution for all of us so I prayed on that day um, in my home to my surprise I said I prayed because when I prayed I was frustrated because um we could not finish the job on time because of the neighborhood's interruptions. I pray with frustrations, oh God, Ugh. But to my surprise, I sense the Holy Spirit say to me, pray for the neighbors, bless them. What? And, and it, it didn't sound like a suggestion. No, 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 it sounds like a command. Pray for the neighbors, bless them. That's what you need to do now. What? Place them. I want to. Ugh. How can I bless them in this situation? However, I obey God. Okay? I give up my own attitude. I try to bless Now, God, please bring joy to their life. You know, bring peace to their life. You know, make them happy. Keep them healthy mentally healthy (laughs) so I pray I did pray a very sweet prayer for them and the next day and my client the cafe owner rang me he said hey Shane did you pray yesterday well I didn't answer his question because I didn't know where this question was going okay I didn't want to hear hey if you pray how come things never changed I said, hey, um, what happened? You told me first. <laughs> he said, hey, I, I bumped into the neighbors on the driveway this morning. Their whole attitude changed. Man, they, they were so nice to me this morning. And they told me they want, us, they want our project to finish as soon as possible. And he, they just want the best for us. I said, what happened? Why? How come? Do you know why? He says, well, they told me their daughter was going to get married very soon. So they're just so happy now. They want us uh, to finish our project, okay, to create a quiet environment for them, and then they can focus on wedding preparation. So that was the moment I realized, wow, God, now I understand why you commanded me to bless them. Because here's the thing, you cannot turn the bitter into sweet by adding more bitterness to it. You can only turn the bitter into sweet by adding joy, peace, grace, forgiveness, blessings to it. So that's how God changed the whole situation. So obviously, their daughter's waiting was bringing immersed joy into their lives. Turned their bitterness into sweet. And then God created a win-win-win situation for all of us, for me, my client, and the neighbors. I was so grateful at that moment. I was so grateful. And then I sensed another strong urge to continue to pray for the neighbor's future son-in-law. Because this man had no idea what kind of in-laws he is going to deal with. (laughs) This man needs prayer, Okay, This man needs a solution. Here are two very, very practical things, very simple things, but very important for us to pay attention to in this story of Moses. First of all, you see, Moses, Turned around the whole situation by his faith alone. His faith. So God didn't require the majority, the majority of the Israelites, to turn over to Him, to all agree with Moses, or to all believe, to all believe in God, and then God says, "I can perform the miracle." No, 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 no. God moved by His grace. So it doesn't matter whether other people agree with Moses or not. By Moses' faith alone, God turned the whole situation around. So this is something we can all apply in our reality. You could be the only one Christian in your office, your family, your workplace, your school, but you know what? You don't need everyone to agree with you or support you or believe what you believe to turn the situation around. By your faith, by your faith alone, just one person's faith is enough to bring God's power into manifestation. And the second thing you see, Moses didn't go far back to Egypt to find a solution. To find a weapon? No, no. It's just a piece of wood. The piece of wood was right there. Well, it could be everywhere. And Moses just pick it up. So God's solution for your problem is closer than you think. God's solution for our problems is closer than we think. The solution is in the simple, practical things you can do by yourself. So here's the question. What is one piece of wood you can pick up at this moment to change the whole situation? What is one piece of wood you can pick up at this moment? For me, it was a simple prayer to bless the neighbors. For you, maybe it's just a prayer, or a phone call, or an email, or a conversation face-to-face. It can be just a cup of coffee away from the solution God has provided for you, my friend. One simple action through one person's faith changed entire situation. Don't ever underestimate who you are. Don't ever underestimate the faith in your life. Don't lower ourselves down to the level of the grumblers. Rise up as a leader to change the situation, to turn the bitter into sweet through our faith. So we see it's a beautiful outcome for the story, right? But you know what? The final ending is even better. It's even better than this. They went through no water to bitter water. Now it's a sweet water. Wow, it could be even better? Yeah, let's carry on. Exodus 15, 25 to 26. There the Lord issued a ruling instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. Listen to this, For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. In the original language, actually, God says, I am your healer. I am the Lord, your healer. You see, turning the bitter water into sweet water was only an immediate solution to quench their thirst, right? It's just... um, a temporary solution, a quick fix for their urgent need. But God want them to know, hey, what I have in store for you is more than this. It's more than those kind of temporary solutions, quick fixes for your urgent needs. I have a bigger plan for your life. You see, those Israelites, they just had a few days of freedom after 400 years of slavery. Generations and generations of slavery. Now they, they just tasted the freedom for, for a few days. So they had no idea what freedom was about. They had no idea what independence was about. They had no idea what the purpose of life was about. They had no idea what God was about in their life they were bitter people, they were wounded people, they were broken people. But if you read the Bible, you know God was going to build a great nation and start a brand new civilization through those people and their children. What? Through them. So you, you can see it's a long way of a healing and restoration. So that's what God was talking about. What I'm going to provide for your life is not just those, you know, temporary solutions. I have endurance solutions. I have a long-term plan to bring you the complete healing, the complete restoration, the fullness of life, the meaning of life for your people. So the next lesson we can all learn from here is don't settle for quick fixes. Seek God, for enduring solutions. Don't settle for quick fixes. Seek God for enduring solutions. What is a quick fix looks like? Let me show you a photo. This is what a quick fix looks like. If you have never seen this thing before, you miss the fun part of driving in New Zealand. Okay, you should pray for God for opportunity to drive your car with one of those wheels. It's fun. And it's called a spare save, saver wheel, okay? Space saver wheel. Because it's smaller than the original wheel and it saves space in your car. So it's designed to save space, uh, not to save face, okay? Because it will embarrass you. It, it will make you look ugly and slow on the road I knew it, I knew the experience because I drove a car with wheels like that. Not just one, or two, not three, but four. All four of the wheels were were like that. So if you see a man driving a car with one wheel like that, he has a flat tire. But if a man driving a car with four wheels like that, he has a broken heart. (laughs) He needs healing. He's screaming help! There's a bitterness in my life now. What happened? You know, during my first month living in Auckland, 2002, somebody stole the four wheels of my Mitsubishi Lancer. Okay, he took it away, stole the wheels. I mean, that was uh, unacceptable. That was a so irresponsible behavior. You know because he didn't leave his wheels to me. I don't mind if you say, hey, I really like the wheels, so let's swap, let's talk, right? But you, you took all my four wheels, and you didn't leave your wheels to me. Why do you need eight wheels for your car? <laughs> so I have to find another three um, spare wheels so that I can drive my car to the Thai shop. How did I find another three wheels like that? Well, I will share that in another uh, sermon about the book of Ezekiel called The Vision of the Wheels. (laughs) So anyway, if you look into the wheel, you will find a sticker on the wheel. It says, Caution! This wheel is designed for temporary use only. Wow. Thank you for reminding me because... I will have to drive this wheel forever. I just love the style. I got full of them. Of course, everybody knows it is designed for temporary use only. Just look at that. It's a quick fix, right? It's designed for temporary use only. You see, our relationship with God is not designed for temporary use only. Jesus came to the world, became a human, died for us on the cross, raised from the dead. Wow. He did this not to become that. He did this to give us life so that we can have life to the full. As Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So God came to our life to give us enduring solutions for life. Complete healing and restoration. Fullness of life. So we may all need quick fixes at some point. That's very normal. And God definitely will help us. But that was not the ultimate purpose of our relationship with God. So don't just come to God for our urgent needs. Don't just settle for those quick fixes, friends. God has things way bigger, higher, and better for your life. So seek God for enduring solutions. Um, Worship team, please come up. So finally, they arrived at the place God wanted them to be. Exodus 15 27. Then they came to Elam where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Finally, God brought them from Mada. You remember Mada means the place of bitter, a bitter place. From Mala to Elam, from places of no water, bitter water sweet water, and now to living water. Elam was an oasis in the desert. That's not the final destination of their journey. We all know they, are going to, they were going to a promised land, but this is a very important waypoint on their journey. The journey from Manah to Elam symbolizes the transformation from life's bitterness to complete healing and restoration. Once again, some scholars and historians have tried to figure out where the Elim is today. Well, let me share with you my opinion. So according to my research, Elim is a 74 Cook Street, Auckland city center. You are right here. Because I don't care where is the Elam for Moses. I only care where is the Elam for you. Here is your Elam. Here is our Elam. My friends, we all come from different places. We all come from different places. But we are all on the journey to find freedom and a better future for ourselves and our families. That's why God brought all of us here to this place called Elam an oasis in the desert to refresh us, to renew us, to restore us, to recharge our lives. We might come from different places, but you are not alone because we are on the same journey. By God's grace, now we are a Elim. And this is the right place for you to get refreshed, renewed, and then you can carry on the journey to reach the fullness of life. I came here 12 years ago. When I first came here, I was seeking for quick fixes. You know, I got problems in my personal life and my business. God, please, just turn the bitter water into sweet. That's what I want. But more than I expected, God provided me with the living water. The water will never turn bitter again. The enduring solutions will never turn my life bitter again. Friends, if God can renew those Israelites a Elim 3,300 years ago, if God could renew my life a Elim 12 years ago, God can renew your lives a Elim today. I want to take this opportunity to speak to those who don't know God, who don't know God, who don't know Jesus. Or maybe you feel now you are far from God. and you don't understand why. Why you guys talk about your relationship with God, but I never feel I'm close to God. But let me tell you, today you are here because God has brought you here. That invitation from your friends or your families or your workmates, like Google search on the phone, was not a coincidence. God brought you here on purpose because He wants you to receive living water. He would definitely turn your bitterness into sweetness, but he has a long-term solution for your life. A living water fullness of life, meaningful life, purposeful life. That's why you're here today. The Bible teaches us that we all have sinned, right? We all made stupid decisions at some point in life. We all messed up. We all have wounds in life. We all need healing. That's because our sin. Our sin separated us from God. But by God's grace, He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to the world. Die for us. As Jesus died, he took on himself the penalty for our sin. And then he extended this grace to every one of us here. Forgiveness for our past. Hope for our future. A new life for us to begin now. And an eternal life in heaven with God forever. So if that is you, if you feel you are far from God, I want to encourage you to take today as an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you need to do is to pray a simple prayer by following me. You see, the solution to draw you close to God is very simple. It's the simple, easy action You can do right here, right now. The solution for your life is closer than you think. So I'm going to pray out loud. All you need to do is pray by following me in your heart. Let's do it together. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love, thank you for your grace. I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died for me on the cross. You saved my life. Today, I turn away from my old life and turn to you. I choose from today to follow you and live for you. Please, please come into my life as I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Reveal your plan for me and transform me into the person you have designed. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, congratulations. Your life will never be the same again. The bitter will turn into the sweet. And now God will reveal his long-term solution for your lives on this journey. Now I'm going to encourage you to take one more step of faith. I'm going to count from one to three. As I get to three, if you just pray that prayer, can you please raise your hand so that I can see you? I'm not doing this to call you out. I just want to acknowledge your hand and then you can put it down. And then, I will lead our congregation to pray a blessing over your life. So this is your moment, my friend. This is your moment to take the action to change the whole situation of your life. It's the action you can take. It's easy, it's simple. I you ready? I'm going to count now. One, two, three. If you just pray that prayer, I see your hand. Please put it down. Thank you very much. God bless you. Please put it down. God bless you. Please put it down. Thank you very much. Thank you. I see you. I see both of you. Thank you. We got four ladies raised their hands here today. Is anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you very much, brother. You can put it down. I saw your hand. Thank you. We got five people. Six. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Church, let's bow down our heads. Seven, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We have seven people raise their hands. Thank you. Let's let's bow down our heads to pray for those people. Thank you, Lord. We know you just touched their heart. Lord, we know you have a wonderful plan for their lives and the powerful solutions ready for them to reach out. Lord, I pray that you will continue to guide them Lead them on the right path. Surround them with people who have faith in you. To journey with them. Thank you, Lord. Please bless them. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.